Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and on social media. Welcome to episode 212 of Geekitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. We are missing a ray today, but we have been announcing this podcast for, I think, about five weeks now, so oh, we are sorry. just going to barrel through. <laughs> I am joined today by the wonderful Raven from Girls Gone Wow. How you doing, Raven? Hey, hey, hey. I am I'm really, really good. I'm sorry about uh, all of the various scheduling snafus that we've had for the last, like, yeah, I think it, I think you might be right. I think it might be five weeks. Yeah, we were promoting it on our stream yesterday, and Bama goes, it's never going to happen. <laughs> no, no, it is. I just, I mean, last week was just, um, so I've been having my bathroom renovated. Not because I wanted to have my bathroom renovated, but because there was a leak under my bath. And mm. so kind of one thing led to another, and it was like, well, why don't we just do some other work in the bathroom whilst we're here? And we were like, okay. So my landlord was like, okay, well, we'll get a new bath in, and we'll put some new tiles in, and it'll be cool. And Joe it was not cool um, <laughs> it turned out th this was one of those jobs you know like DIY in fact you have renovated a house so I know that this is probably something that you have experienced um, yes. like every single little step of the process we uncovered something terrible right. um, that then took four times as long to fix as we were expecting so I mean things like uh, the tiles the previous tiles were glued onto the wall not okay. Not with like render and tile stuff, so that you just like because usually tiles you just sort of put a little like spatula or whatever underneath it and you like ping them off, right? Right, right, right. No, 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 glued, glued, like uh. glued. Um, and so the builder actually ended up removing that section of plasterboard. Like we literally had to have new walls. <laughs> Oh my Hilarious. god, that's <laughs> awful! It's like you wonder what people are thinking when they renovate their houses or when they do these little DIY jobs. It's like, oh, yeah. like there are YouTube videos; they will tell you what to use. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what and are you it, doing? And the builder was useless. Um, really, his communication was absolutely hopeless, and actually, the quality of the work's really not great either. But um, it it just meant that what was originally supposed to be like a two day thing took mm -hmm. 16 days. Oh and, my God. Um, I mean, not that he was here for 16 days because actually what tended to happen is he'd come and do a bit and then he'd just vanish for like four days. Oh my and he'd be God. like, Hey dude, <laughs> uh, you coming to do the thing? And he's like, Oh yeah, no, I'll let you know. And then like, you don't hear from him for ages. And then he like turns up. So at, um, 10.45 last Saturday evening um, when we have basically one day, well, we thought at the time one day's worth of work to go actually turned out to be two days um, as uh -huh. with everything connected to this build. So it was kind of to do the final day. He was like, is it all right if I come in tomorrow? And I was like, on a Sunday. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, sure. Why not? Like, <laughs> Sure. Because I'll, I want this done. Exactly. I want this done. We just want to be able to, because for about two weeks, so we had no bath or shower at all for about 48 hours. And oh. then what they did was they put in the new bath, but there was basically no wall. So, uh -huh. well, there was no like plasterboard. So you could sit in the bath and kind of shower like over your head, but you couldn't, but 
there was no like it wasn't sealed in that nothing was waterproof so you were trying very hard not to splash it out over the side of the bath oh. for like two weeks <laughs> no um yeah <laughs> no 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 yeah 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 so when he said i'm gonna come sunday i was like okay you can come on sunday i'll see what the noise is like and then i think i messaged you sunday morning being like uh yeah so heads up um, my sunday morning which is obviously eight hours ahead of your sunday morning yes um and I was like, yeah, heads up, this might not work. And then at like four o'clock at about this time last Sunday, I mean, there was so much noise. It was just like, we are not going to be able to record a podcast with this much. Like, unless you have some kind of weird podcast in, I don't know, inside roadworks fetish. <laughs> it was just like, this is weird. So yeah, there yeah, you go. That it was, was, it was definitely, uh, this is going to be a hard no. <laughs> yeah, this is not going to work. Um it's not going to work. So yeah, this has been this. Yeah, so welcome to my life for the last like. Uh, so that was two weeks. Uh, I don't even know what happened the previous times. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, we just had this, that, and the other thing happen. We like, I, I think it was me coming back sick from from. Oh yes. uh, the trip was was yes. one of them, and yes. then uh, Ray got called away for uh, a. Um, a family emergency one week and then he yeah. he was working on his mural one week so like it's just it's like it it was not meant to be <laughs> no no so we, we were definitely so, star-crossed podcasters yeah exactly so i'm just destined to never do a podcast with you and and with ray i've uh, i've been on this this is maybe the third or fourth time i've been on the show uh-huh. maybe it's more than that actually i think um, it's maybe a little bit more than that maybe it's more than that actually uh but never with ray never, never with, with ray. Ray. maybe you are both the same person I mean, that would be weird, right? <laughs> it's a very good accent. <laughs> <laughs> that would be well, super weird. Yeah, we're glad you're here. Um, <laughs> Thank you. What 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 did you what have you been up to when you're not having to deal with home renovations? How how was your weekly geekery this week? How is my weekly geekery this week? I think mostly it's been video games. Um, nice. Yeah, as ever. So obviously World of Warcraft is usually what we talk about. And yeah. uh, tangentially, World of Warcraft is one of the things. In fact, the situation at Blizzard Entertainment is the thing that um, made me go from occasionally poking you and Ray, like, I'd like it to hear you do a show about this, um, like, to, you know what, I want to come on your show because I want to complain about stuff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I have done a little bit of World of Warcraft this week. Uh, we run uh, at the Girls Gone Wow community. We run Mythic Plus teams and we run raid teams. So uh, I did do some raiding this week. We took our normal team back in for a fresh run in the uh, Sanctum of Domination, affectionately known as the Sanctum of Dominoes. Um, and got like the first five bosses down i think nice. which is pretty good uh so we'll be picking back up there next week to do um to try and make some more progress towards ultimately not killing sylvanas uh which is which is what the end of that raid looks like um <laughs> we also do some mythic plus which is a kind of smaller higher level thing um that goes on so that was also uh that was also pretty cool um because of the stuff that's going on at Blizzard, there's been like a lot of us have been experimenting with other video games, Ooh. Uh, which is a bit weird. So a whole whole bunch of people have jumped into Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm not. I cannot maintain two uh, uh, MMOs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have that kind of time. But no. I am playing. Um, so on my own and not on my stream, I'm playing Dragon Age Origins. 
Very nice. Which I have never played. So this is just one of those franchises that I never previously got into. So um, quite enjoying that. Uh, I've worked out which is the girl character you can romance if you are playing a girl. Um, nice. And so I'm trying to be very good friends uh, with uh, <laughs> Liliana. Um, that's, that's my aim for Dragon Age Origins is to seduce the hot redhead. Um, nice. And on stream on a Tuesday night uh, for the past, uh, I don't know, like a few months now, I've been doing like a retro gaming night. So uh, it started with a conversation with EJ about Monkey Island. Somebody. Oh my God, Monkey Island. Yeah, exactly. So we had a conversation where we were like, oh my God, Monkey Island. So on a Tuesday night, um, I think we started this back in like... May or June, um, I played the first two Monkey Island games. So they took us uh, about five or six weeks each. Um, so we played all the way through the first two. Uh, there are technically four Monkey Island games. Um, really? <coughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, are some of them just not good? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're a bit like the the third and fourth are a bit like those uh, non-existent Matrix films. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> In my opinion, so we played the first two uh, Monkey Islands, which are pretty good, um, and then we didn't play any of the others. Uh, so instead. Uh, we then went over to playing the Discworld game. Did you know there is a point-and-click Discworld game? No, I did not. And I, Oh, okay. Does it do the books? Again, I have not done my uh, reading of Discworld the way I should, but do they do them justice? Um, so the first one was released in, uh, like, 95, 96. Um, uh -huh. so, it's, so we're quite a long time ago here. They... They do have a lot of the feel of the books, but when it came out, it was supposed to be one of the toughest video games ever because some of the solutions are just bobbins. They're Ooh. just like... Um, so you take the... So you need to steal somebody's belt, so you go and take the octopus. In order to steal the octopus, you have to tie its legs together with string, and you put the octopus in the toilet, which is conveniently located next to the person whose belt you need to steal, and then you give the octopus a love potion, and then, like, it's, it's like, what? Um, also, uh, animal friendship, like... <laughs> Friendship some, in quotation marks. <laughs> I did some very unfortunate things to a lot of animals. So there was this Ooh. poor octopus. Felt very sorry for the octopus. Um, I got a donkey stuck in the stocks at one point, <laughs> so I could steal its tail. Um, a lot of unfortunate things happen. Oh, and there was the snake. There was the erect snake business. So there's a snake that you have to um, you give it some starch, so it becomes very erect. And then you roll it in fertilizer so it gets big. And then you swap it with a wizard staff that you're trying to steal off a wizard. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was good fun. So we've been doing that on the stream on Tuesday nights. And we finished the first Discord game on Tuesday. So there are also there are three, of, three Discord games in total. So we're going to start the second one this coming Tuesday. And when I say Tuesday evening, I'm talking EU time. So 8 p.m. London time. 
So when I say EU time, I actually don't even mean EU time because uh, Central European time is actually not the same as British summer time. Right. Uh, so <laughs> 8 p.m. British summer time. Uh, we on a Tuesday evening. I'm streaming uh, the second Discworld game from this week. Uh, if anybody wants to come ha- come hang out, um, it's it's good fun, but very weird. So yeah, um, yeah. So I think I think that's probably. Most of my kind of geekery for this week, really. Um, well, that's pretty. That's pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's yeah. I think that's it. What 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 about yourself? What have you been up to? Um. Well, I have been. Uh, <laughs> we are back at school. Oh, that's yes. always fun. Um. We are. I'm actually getting ready to this Friday. I'm going to be going to my first football game, which I'm oh. very excited about because my last school did not have sports. Oh, so, I see. Okay. So this, this was like, I'm now at an actual high school that like you see on TV and things. Oh, okay. And do, so that's Do they gonna, do the whole like letter jacket thing? Uh, I believe they might. I haven't seen any, but that doesn't <laughs> mean they don't exist. <laughs> Every program at school right now is rebuilding. Like yeah. every single one um, because of the pandemic, like all the sports are low uh, yeah, yeah. enrollment, all the, the arts programs are low enrollment. So we're just trying to navigate that. So there's been a lot of that this week. Um, yesterday, a bunch of us did our extra life D and D stream. Yes. How did that go? It was fun. It was really good. We raised $660 for extra life. Amazing. And that was a lot of fun and it was fun to play, but <laughs> as, as players are wont to do, we didn't do what was supposed to be done in like the very first half hour. <laughs> I mean, that's how you played it in D, right? <laughs> right. Right. So we were supposed to, there was supposed to be this, this chase. We were supposed to pile into this carriage and have a chase, but we had in our party a minotaur and a centaur, and they were like, well, we can't fit in the carriage, so we're just going to walk behind the carriage. Well, there was supposed (laughs) to be a carriage chase. (laughs) Oh. So, (laughs) Obama couldn't couldn't have the carriage chase happen, (laughs) so he he had us attacked by the wolves that we're going to chase us in the carriage, which took like an hour to defeat. Oh no! <laughs> for for a four to five hour stream, and it was a mi- it was a murder mystery. So we were like, okay, well, this is you know the the bad the the fight was really fun, but then we're like, are we like you can, when you can feel the DM is trying to push the pace? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we don't we're on a limited amount of time, and uh, so we're we're solving the mystery and i there was a a house rule that if you donated a hundred dollars that you could kill off any of the characters a pc and npc whoever you wanted we would kill them off oh wow okay unbeknownst to me and un- not knowing that this was a rule my lovely husband trying to support us hopped on and donated a hundred dollars <laughs> Not realizing that now he has to interact with us and is asked, so which character do you want to kill off? And he's like, well, I don't want any of them to to stop playing. So I'll just kill the one they're talking to, which was the end boss. Oh, no. (laughs) So Baba just like pauses and goes, okay, 
And so he says, like, how are we going to do this? And somebody threatened her. And he just, like, he just bumped us right into the endgame fight, which honestly ended up working out because by the time we were done with that fight, it was time to end the stream. Okay. So it actually all worked out. But by <laughs> I walk out, my husband's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> You're fine. You did a great job. It was very sweet of you to do that. And um, oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Oh, that sounds yes. like. Um, the the tension the time tension of a one shot can sometimes be uh it's like a difficult thing to manage um, yeah actually compared to obviously uh so we do our as the dice rolls our cautious optimism and one of the nice things about it is that if for some reason it takes us two 45 minute episodes to walk across a room it's kind of cool because we don't have a like end there's no, there's no hard stop, and so we can take a long time. Sometimes, like I sometimes feel like I feel a bit sorry for Todd because I sometimes think we take phenomenally huge amounts of time <laughs> to do really quite simple things. Well, there's a <laughs> lot of there's a lot of planning, and then that planning often doesn't actually get used because then something yeah. else happens, and it's yeah. like, okay, well, we we did spend a really long like sometimes when we're planning like. Let's just do it. Let's just do whatever we're gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> Let's roll some dice, see what happens. Yeah, roll some <laughs> plan dice, be damned. Yeah, because actually, <laughs> I think the best stuff is like, I mean, I don't th- like. Are we ever gonna top the mixtape? <laughs> no, I don't think we're ever gonna top the mixtape. <laughs> that was like, and and you, it's. I don't know if you've realized it yet, but there's this tone of voice that Kelly gets when she's got a plan. Yeah. And she knows she's going to be taking it in a completely wacky direction. But she kind of, like, I forget what the word is, but she has, like, a hunker down word where she's like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) This is what we're going to do. And eventually, I think Todd is going to realize that. It's like I had the the GM that anytime he said suddenly, you knew it was not going to end well. Yeah. Um, She's, like, we're going to know what that line is. And it's like, okay, like, start writing down the timestamps for this because we're going to get a lot of quotable... Portable yeah. material from this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I can't wait to get back to that next Saturday. That's uh, that was missing from both of our weekly geekery. I think again this week. Yes, but at least we get to do two weeks in a row. That'll be fun. yes. We do. We do. That's going to be pretty cool. And did you see the external uh, trailer? Do you know what I didn't? I saw some people tweeting about it, and I kept thinking, "Oh, I should go look that up." I guess "What If" is the other thing that I've watched this week, but we're not going to talk about that because you and Ray are going to do that, I imagine, next week. Um, we are, we are, but I, I really did enjoy that one. I think even more than the first one. I think they've both been really kick-ass so far. Right. Like I've really, really enjoyed them actually, and I enjoyed what was um, what I enjoyed actually. Um, about these is that as somebody who doesn't know the comics at all, I can just watch them with a kind of like, huh, that's really cool. That's wicked. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Like I really enjoyed that. That was a really interesting twist on these characters. And I enjoyed listening to you and Ray drop right down into the like, so in this comic, this person did that thing. And what about that cross reference to that thing? And do you think that means (laughs) this thing from the comic? Um, And I just, I really, uh, I really enjoyed that. Like I could watch it on quite a superficial level and still feel like it was really kick-ass and really great. Um, But actually it was also speaking to both of you as like proper hardcore uh, Marvel geeks. Uh, so I, I thought they've done a really good job with that. Well, that was one of the things that, that Ray and I bonded with, uh, bonded over back in, when we first met each other was we loved the 
the Else Worlds and the What If comics. Mm. And there was a there is a really, really, really good comic book series out there called The Exiles. And it's basically X-Men through time. And okay. every time one of them like all of them are um they're all expendable. It's almost like Suicide Squad, but you never know who's going to be on the team, and it's not all villains. But you just, like, at any moment, any of these characters can die, and within moments, a new character is ripped from the time stream and dropped into <laughs> Okay, that does sound pretty cool. Yeah, it's very, very cool, because every two or three issues, you're in a new alternate reality, and it's just a really cool way to have, like, a core set of characters traipsing through space and you get to you know see all these different what if realities and i mean they actually like the what if realities in the comics are so canon that they actually have their own like designations and show up in other in other comics so it's pretty cool cool so so did you watch the eternals trailer i did i did it was um it was nice to kind of start seeing what they're trying to do with it like do do you want to know what the yeah yeah go ahead the go premise ahead. is okay so Fill me up <laughs> yeah here's well it's just it's the premise because we're all kind of like what is this movie yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. what is it going to be and one of the big questions that everybody is asking is well why didn't they help with thanos and that's because they are forbidden to do anything like they're forbidden to help with anything oh okay and the reason why they are having this movie is because the the blip which they have now established we had that whole debate about what is a blip and what's the so the blip is the second snap okay okay and so the blip basically started the process of waking up the eternal that lives in earth ah, which means okay. it's kind of like titans in in wow yeah like yeah. it's going to it's going to come out and crack us open like an egg and so they have to either usher it in or put it back to sleep okay and so that is what eternals is basically going to be about Hmm. okay i'm certainly intrigued yes they're getting very into the space faring like lots of celestials they talk about deviants they're they're doing a lot of work with this movie i hope it doesn't cause people to just kind of scratch their head and go i don't get any of this <laughs> oh i mean it'll be a good a good romp i imagine even if people don't uh sort of fully get it i don't know when that's one of the ones that's out this year or early next year what i think it's november yeah i have a feeling um oh yeah you see i can hear you googling now um and this i i feel like i should just have the marvel uh, phase four timeline, like just in a tab somewhere, because I'm forever like, what's coming this year? What's next? What's happening? Right, right. It's November fifth. Okay. And there's something before that, though, film wise. Shang Shang Chi is I think oh, coming out yes. soon. Soon, yeah. Twenty twenty one Marvel movies. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, they changed them so much, and there's yeah. they like info dump so many of them. So, oh, Shang Chi's really close. It's September third. Oh shit! Really? 
Yeah, that's like in three weeks. Yeah, that is really, 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 really close. Uh, and then November 5th is Eternals. And then Spider-Man is in December, December 17th. Oh my goodness. We've got like a lot of Marvel to come before the end of this year. It's three movies in four months. <laughs> that's mad. That's, and that's mad. Not, and then we've got Hawkeye is supposedly releasing before the end of the year. Wow. And so is Ms. Marvel. That is insane. I'm really hoping that at some point I will feel like I can go and see at least one of these movies in the cinema. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, the, the pandemic is not treating the UK kindly. Um, no. We are sort of plateaued-ish at the moment at... 30s how many cases how many cases have we had today so yesterday we had 32,000 cases oh wow uh today we've had 32,000 cases there were 37,000 cases on friday um and deaths like daily deaths have plateaued around kind of 100 deaths a day which is Mm -hmm. you know still quite a lot so i'm still not doing inside things No, we're, um, we're starting to push away back from from outside things because we were doing inside things for a little bit and it was fine. And now it's not fine anymore because people can't wear the freaking masks. Yeah. Um, well, it's now not a legal requirement in the UK to wear a mask. So people, there's a, um, there, there is a patchy adherence. Let's put it that way right now. Actually, a surprisingly large amount of people are still voluntarily wearing masks. Um, but in general, it's not required. So a lot of people aren't. Anyway, uh, this is not State of the Geek. so I'm No, it's not State of the Geek. <laughs> I will because I, I can feel myself revving for a rant. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I will spare you uh, my wranglings, but uh, my whinings. Um, but yeah, I, you know, maybe by the time we get to No Way Home, I'll feel like it's safe enough to go into a cinema. Right. Well, and uh, I, I didn't realize you'd mentioned on... Um, the Slack channel for As the Dice Roll that you haven't been to a restaurant in like no. since March of 2020. <laughs> no, no, I thought it was really funny because obviously um, in this in the the As the Rice As the Rice Dolls, wow, As the <laughs> Dice Roll that um, we're talking about restaurants now, and I'm thinking about Japanese food. Um, that was exactly what I was going to say. It's a really good. <laughs> it's a really good Japanese food podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so on the episode that just aired this week, we made some reference to the pandemic, and Todd felt like it was necessary to say, uh, "Listeners, just in case this has changed when you get to hear this, we are recording this in the middle of the pandemic." And yeah, on Slack, I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> like to think that we thought when we recorded that, which is probably about what six months ago, nine months ago. Yeah, um, probably four months ago. We thought it might be over by now, or it might be like waning by now. Um, no, sadly no. not. But yeah, I haven't. I, in fact, I haven't eaten food inside a restaurant. I've been to. A, I have actually eaten one meal at a restaurant outside in a gale. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I haven't been inside a restaurant. Uh, probably 
probably even before March, like probably even before, because the beginning of 2020, I started a new job. So uh-huh. I didn't spend a lot of time going out in the evenings. Right. So it's been a while since I sat down inside a restaurant and had a civilized like meal without feeling like probably I was going to give myself coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, like as as I said, we're, we won't we won't rant. That'll be the end of our rant. But Jesus yeah. Christ, people, just wear wear a freaking mask and get vaccinated. Yeah, just yeah. Need to do. Yeah. Anyway, on that note, um, <laughs> we're going to go from that depressing <laughs> conversation to another depressing <laughs> conversation yeah. about yeah. why we can't have nice things. Yeah. So we're going to do a quick commercial, and we will come right back. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games. Star Wars. Comics. Movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu. Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu. And we're back, and we are here today to, I don't know, discuss, mourn, <laughs> rally. Yeah, I don't know what we do about this situation, but we're here to discuss um, different things that we absolutely love that we feel weird about participating in now because the people who created it are awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why we can't have nice things. Yeah. I mean, I guess there so there are sort of four particular cases that I've been thinking about because they represent different because I have different reactions to them. Yeah, I think our breakdown is actually good because they cover all different types of media. They um they have had all different reactions. And yeah. both of us love all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, these are these are definitely not the only four things in the world, but the four things, the four kind of touch points for me at the moment are um, so Blizzard Entertainment. Um, so over the last, I think this sort of all came to light, ooh, like towards the end of July. Um, Basically, uh, the state of California is suing Blizzard Entertainment uh, for discrimination against women. Um, and some of those things, like the 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 case, it's now, is, the papers are all available on public record. And it sort of started off with fairly standard discrimination stuff like firing people whilst they're pregnant, uh, wage disparities. I mean, all of this is awful, don't get me wrong. It's right. just this wasn't the worst bit in this 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 uh, breakdown. But like, so it's it's fairly standard kind of like yeah, glass ceilings, people not being promoted, 
wage disparities, um, you know, not treating workers properly when they're pregnant, those kinds of things. And you're like, okay, this is pretty shitty, right? Um, and then as you get sort of further through the document, there's this section on like sexual harassment, and that's where shit hits the fan. I mean, um, yeah, I pre- just- pretty pretty awful. How how does anybody think that there's not a problem with this? Yeah. And the moment that this uh, lawsuit came out, I'm not joking, hundreds of blizzard of women who, or other minorities as well, actually, but mostly women who currently work or used to work for Blizzard, all started coming forward with their own stories. And there's been follow-up articles after articles after articles and lots of personal testimony on Twitter and... Um, it's awful, absolutely awful. They're just like from blatant kind of everyday sexism stuff to, you know, all the way down to, uh, sexual assault, rape, like awful, awful behavior across the board. And a lot of people, are implicated a lot of people like senior developers have been implemented. People who've been on stage at BlizzCon, people who, you know, as a community, we've all kind of respected and um, got like felt like we knew maybe a little bit, and it's just been extremely disappointing. And obviously, in like all of uh, all of the stuff that's come out in itself is like awful. Can I swear on your show? I think I've sweared on yes, your show like yeah, four oh, times no, already. We have set, <laughs> we have um, set uh, the standard for swearing on this network. Good. Um, I mean, it was fucking appalling, everything that's happened, right? And none of it should have happened. But what was even more disappointing has been obviously Blizzard's response to this, okay? Um, so I'm not going to go through all of the details because, I mean, honestly, it would take about like an hour to tell you we all of the things. We could do an entire episode on just this thing. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, really so that's basically Blizzard. So over the last month, there's been a lot of soul searching from a lot of content creators and a lot of WoW players about, do we continue giving Blizzard money under these circumstances? And I guess it was this stuff coming out um, that has made me kind of go, you know what? I want to go and talk to Joe about this on his show now because, um, uh, yeah, this is another example, but the, but there were three previous existing kind of examples that are also quite hot topics for me. Um, so one of those is JK Rowling. Yes. Obviously, um, JK Rowling now notorious transphobe, um, hardcore, like doubles down at every opportunity. Yeah. Hardcore transphobe. Yeah, Absolutely. Like, given every opportunity to make a different choice with her life. But no. Um, every opportunity, lots of doubling down. Um, I mean, there's lots of other authors that are kind of sort of um, tangentially kind of related to that. But uh, yeah, so J.K. Rowling, another example. Um, possibly one of the examples that hits the hardest for me, Joss Whedon. Yes, because he permeates many of our favorite fandoms. I just can't explain in words what Buffy the Vampire Slayer meant to me when I was like in my late teens. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, uh, proper kind of, uh, I mean, you know, all of my proper like, oh shit, I might be a bit queer 
came, <laughs> um, came from via via the Buffy verse. You know, not only there, but like a lot of it was like, oh, that's quite cool. Oh shit, I think I'm having impure thoughts. Like, what? <laughs> um, and then obviously Joss Whedon now has his uh, grubby little fingers over kind of all sorts of things that are really important to us in our lives, like in all of the like all of the Marvel stuff, like oh. Um, and then the fourth example is the kind of D and D. So the Gygax family are kind of not okay in a no. really large number of ways. Um, and then Wizards of the Coast themselves have also been really unhelpful and done some really kind of uh, racist, uh, mostly um, things like suspiciously. All of their source books, all of the evil characters always have dark skin. Hmm, interesting. Uh, and there's, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, the Gygax family are not good at anything. They're racist, they're transphobic, they're like, whoa, just everything. Yeah, it's, over there. it's surprising how, how awful they are yeah <laughs> like it's it's really bad <laughs> yeah yeah and there's been some stuff even in earlier this year there's been some like people who've been writing source like external people who've been writing source books and stuff for wizards of the coast that have you know issued up stuff to wizards so they've been writing under contract or whatever and they've sent it over to wizards and then wizards have taken what something that was quite progressive turned it into something really not great and then published it having stripped out all of the like progressive stuff and made it like more racist. And you're like, okay, that's a decision. Um, so those are my four, those are my four touch points. Like that I think, um, and I feel, I feel very differently about all four of these things, but you could go. I mean, unfortunately there are so many examples of this. Um, I was listening to a different podcast, a political podcast the other day, and they were talking about this kind of argument, but in a sort of more political context, um, and sort of modern, um, kind of modern life context. And they were talking about, you know, Morrissey mm -hmm. and Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, no, all of these people. And obviously, um, I mean, there's all sorts of, uh, UK figures who, uh, you're kind of like, oh, they're all right. And then you, you find out they're just like blatant Tories and you're like, oh, okay. Um. Maybe not. Um, but yeah, so that's the context, I think, from my perspective of this, uh, of this question <laughs> for me in the geek sphere. Those four, um, those four are my quickest, uh, sorry, my most readily available kind of touch points. Um, so I'm not quite sure how we want to structure this discussion. Well, I guess the best way to do it is how we're dealing with all of them. Because I think each of them gets different treatment for me as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Uh, let's start with J.K. Rowling because I think she's the most cut and dry as far as yeah. I'm concerned. That was um, absolutely what I was about to say, yep. <laughs> I just don't want to give her any more money. Yeah, um, this was so, this was such an, e this wasn't even a decision really for me. Now I, like I, I was probably never as into Harry Potter fandom as I think you were. Um, I've right. certainly en enjoyed Harry Potter, um, and I've read all the books and I've watched all the films and, um, it's certainly been a thing that has brought me joy in my life. Um, but the moment she doubled down, I was like, nope, Yeah, <laughs> I can drop that. That can go. I yeah. never like we 
don't really allow people to talk about Harry Potter on the GGW Discord. Like I try to keep it out. It, like in, it's like actively like I just don't want anything to do with it. Um, and because I think for me the difference between her and some of these other situations um, is that she's still in charge of that. She's still getting all of that money. She's still getting all of that. Like it's still hers, right. and she's just she doubles down it's the doubling down and it's like at every opportunity every single slightest tiniest opportunity for her to say the wrong thing there she is saying like real transphobic bullshit and you're like okay well no i just i don't know <laughs> no well and no, she no. and she and she she claims it as her her feminist prerogative yeah that's that's what she's that's what she's basing it on is that you know they haven't had to go through what women had to go through their entire lives, so therefore no, I I do not accept them as as women. Yeah, and, I mean, and it's like what yes, kind but of you shit is that like well, but not only that, but you can say you can turn it right around and go yes, but you haven't gone through any of the stuff they've gone through. No, like. exactly. Like because I'm sure being trans is really straightforward. Like oh yeah, very yeah, like very easy. You know, yeah. a list of things that I'd want to have to deal with growing up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like I'm I've always been very grateful that that's not something that I've ever had to personally experience because, um, like that's hard. Like trans is hard. Um, and I, like, just yeah, I just can't with J.K. Rowling at all. No. Under and I mean, when when she doubled down, I think that I think I gave her like two or three tries, which is probably two or three tries too many. But we all know how we feel about doubling down on the show. So once she doubled down, I took all my helpful stuff, helpful. I mean, like my my Discord, not my Discord, my uh, Slack little logo was a Hufflepuff shield. Mm. You know, I I I one of the things that I think is so great about the Harry Potter universe is that they've created these kind of like tribes that you can belong to yeah. that you can kind of find people that do kind of feel the same way about, you know, they, they, they hold the same philosophies as you do yeah. in a more general way. And you can kind of advertise it and say, you know, Hey, this is who I am. These are kind of the values I hold just by, by wearing, you know, a badger on your, your chest. Like, yeah. It's yeah. that simple, and I took it down. I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna advertise her anymore. I'm not gonna buy any Hufflepuff stuff anymore. I'm not gonna toss or destroy the stuff I have because that's just not productive. Yeah, <clears throat> but no more money from me will be going into her pocket. No, um, I, yeah, it's uh, as you say. It, this was a very cut and dried, easy one, and I just kind of, um, like I could not. I could not talk to or look my trans friends of which I have many in the face if I was giving her money. Like no, no. I couldn't do that. That's just, it's blatantly, it's just, yeah, it's just so blatant. The doubling down just, and so many attempts to, you know, make herself understood or whatever that you're like, yeah, you're just, you know, you're not listening. You're not interested. No, you are so convinced you're right. And you are so fucking wrong um, that it was, yeah, very straightforward for me to just be like, nope, not doing any of that ever again. Thanks very much. I'm out now. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. So that's one. I mean, it's very disappointing, but 
it's not something that I think affects us as much as the other two do. So, so should we should we move on to Joss Whedon? Oh, Joss Whedon! Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. This is um, this is one of this is one of the ones that I guess I'm the most conflicted about. Um. I mean, having read... So the stuff that came out most recently, I think, was those interviews that Charisma Carpenter gave. Right. Um, talking, or it wasn't really an interview, was it? She wrote on her Instagram. She she wrote up an account of kind of her experience of working for Joss Whedon and how she was treated while she was filming Angel, uh, while she was pregnant, and the kind of um, experience that she had received there, which was all awful, like you know, calling her up for meetings and making her come in at one o'clock in the morning when she was pregnant and having a difficult pregnancy, um, like cutting her out of a whole load of stuff. Like, uh, just, I mean, I don't remember the full details of it now, but it was pretty grim reading. And apparently you are either hot or cold with Joss Whedon. Like either you're one of his favorite people and you're part of his little clique and insider or he's just not nice to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually that account, so that we'd had, there'd been mutterings about him before, hadn't there? Like yes. o- over the years, there'd been mutterings like whilst he was working on some of the Marvel stuff. Um, and people like Sarah Michelle Gellar had always been suspiciously quiet on the subject. Right. Um, although Sarah did come out in support of Charisma, I think, um, when this stuff came out last year. Um, but that really kind of, that, that has really tarnished the memory. Cause I've watched, I mean, I've watched all of Buffy and all of Angel on a number of occasions, like the whole lot from start to finish. Um, and it's difficult to not see some of that in a different light now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, it's also kind of heartbreaking because the thing that Joss Whedon always did so well that other people really didn't do well was like bringing female characters to the front and center of his work and writing them really convincingly. Right. Like, and you know, so obviously in Buffy, you've got the whole lesbian thing uh, with Willow and Tara and so this is all like hugely important stuff. And it's like, I, I, I find it really difficult to reconcile in my head to the kind of like, how can you do that? <laughs> well, I mean, cause my, my understanding with his thing is that he's just not like, it's not necessarily a sexist or a racist thing. It's just, he's not, it's a power thing. Yeah, he's just and there's an certain asshole. yeah he's just an asshole and he just picks things that um like he like there's certain people that he just picks on and there's certain people that he's just not nice to and then there's per- certain people that he is like oh you're my best friend you're gonna come and be part of it. like he literally has a little insider group that reaches yeah. here at his house on occasion yeah. um and so I think my approach with him is I don't think he's going to be, I think we're going to, it's going to be a while before we start seeing a lot of stuff from him again. I think he's kind of gone into, to hiding as far, not hiding, but I mean, he's like kind of shut 
down for a while. Yeah, and I guess um I mean I haven't I haven't seen him kind of out and out deny any of it anywhere. No. Which is kind of a good first step. I haven't seen him acknowledge it either, like no. or apologize or anything, but at least, you know, in in the bare fucking minimum standard. <laughs> Like, at least he didn't come out and be like, that's bullshit. Um, That's a, you know, if we're talking about baby, baby, tiny baby steps, like, that's a good, the good start? No, that's a, that's not a terrible start, maybe. Um, I just, yeah, I just, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm really upset that it's tarnished my kind of feelings about, about Buffy and Angel, really. Um, Mm -hmm. Because it's actually difficult to to watch. It, once you've read all of the stuff that f- the first hand accounts, it's quite difficult to then watch people on screen without, you know, now you understand what was happening to them off screen. Mm-hmm. I think well, that, you know. The way I kind of look at it is, I mean, there are a lot of people that have gone into that there whose work has gone into his stuff. Yeah. Like he he's the idea behind it, and and he does have he has a very good voice. He has a very good he like he, as you said, he writes women characters very well. Um, he does try his stuff does try and be diverse, and uh, I'm gonna say liberal, but I mean you know it, it, it yeah. holds a lot of the same values that we hold. Yeah, and so. He hasn't doubled down and he hasn't done anything other than be just kind of a raging asshole. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's why I, I try and kind of I don't divorce I don't divorce myself from the properties because I think they've grown out so much bigger than him. Yeah. I mean I have like I will never make a reference to a Harry Potter thing like in passing ever. But right. somebody said something to me the other day that caused me to quote something from Once More with Feeling at them. And I don't feel bad about doing that um, particularly. Uh, and I guess, I mean, I own all of the Buffy and all of the Angel. Those, I've owned those box sets since 2000 and Mumble. Um, they're on DVD so that tells you these days how old they are. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not going to give him any more money. <laughs> for, right. Like if but I, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is he doesn't get a lot of, I mean, he gets money from that stuff, but it's not like JK Rowling where she just, no, it just feeds yeah. right into her bank account. Yeah. And, um, and the people that he has victimized get a little bit of it too. So True. I don't feel so bad. Like I'm not, again, I'm not going to go and, buy a bun- buff of bunch of buffy merch but um i still i still want to walk matt through the series yeah because you're <laughs> you're on the you're on the verge of a buffy rewatch aren't you yeah well we kind of have started it with my art with our friends who are snowbirds but they are in uh minnesota right now so they're yeah. not back yet um but i think we got through we may have gotten through season two maybe even got through part of season three with matt and so you know he's he Raven. He fought us tooth and nail on this. <laughs> like he was like, "This is horrible. This is going to be the worst thing 
ever. I don't want to do this. I think it helped that instead of watching season one, I looked at my friends and I've said, we've both, we've all seen season one. Yeah. It's a, it's a hot mess. (laughs) It's a hot mess. It's not, all it is going to do is frustrate Matt. We've seen the important episodes, you know, a couple of important episodes. Let's just watch like summary videos on YouTube and figure out where we're at. And so that's what we did. We skipped all the bad stuff and we got into season two and that really helped. And then all of a sudden he's like, okay, I kind of, I kind of like this. this I kind of, of like this. Yeah. I kind of like, he's still not ready to be like, yay Buffy, but he's, he's getting there, okay. but I don't mind. I don't mind watching it because I don't like a, you're, you're still supporting the people who were victimized by him. And it, it does sound at least nothing has come out. It's not that he's done anything acceptable but it's not physical or sexual or like it's just he's just no. like he's just an asshole <laughs> no indeed um yeah he is just an asshole and i guess uh, what will be interesting is what happens next with him like is right. he gonna is he gonna come out and do more stuff and um, people are going to start reporting that he is nicer to work with or that he's, you know, taken some, I don't know, uh, asshole management classes. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can you take classes in like need being a nice person? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, uh, how to be less of an ass hat. Um, yeah. So I don't, um, yeah, I don't, it'll be interesting to see what happens next with him. I mean, yeah, he's not on the same He's not on the kind of Kevin Spacey kind of uh, kind of rung. Um, oh dear God! That <sighs> all right. I'm going to take a moment because I got to rant about Kevin Spacey. Yeah, go. Um, uh, just just so everybody knows, yes, he came out. No, we don't claim him because it is <laughs> a it is a fucked up thing to do yeah. when you're being when you're being accused of sexual assault to be like, but I'm gay. No, yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. You had plenty of opportunity to come out. <laughs> this, this yeah. is poor timing at the best. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, the concept of consent exists across all sexualities. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, but, but knowing, knowing how, how often, um, homosexuality is falsely associated with pedophilia and everything else. It's kind of like, no, 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 (laughs) you, you are not accepted here. You need to go. Yeah. Um, that was all very unfortunate, uh, and really awful. And, um, so I started a new job last year at a, uh, so I work at a charity in the UK that supports, uh, young people who are at risk of, violence or like are associated with gangs or in some cases who are in prison um and we provide them with skills to manage conflict in their lives um so we teach them kind of um what their red flags are and how they you know are they um how they should uh manage their own kind of emotions and react in certain situations those kinds of things to try and help them uh not exactly minimize conflict but manage it well in their lives um right young people right uh, mostly, mostly kind of 16 to 25, but we do also work with some smaller people. Um, I, in one of the last things I did in the office, 
last March before we sent everybody home, there was a pile of stuff in the corner and it was like, oh, this pile of stuff's been sitting here for ages. We should do something about it. And we were going through it and we were putting it all into rubbish bags. Oh, God. So there's these picture frames, there's a pile of picture frames, and they'd previously been on the walls around the office and they'd been taken off the wall during some kind of like office reshuffle. And I'm like, oh, interesting, what are these? And I start going through them and there's like uh, awards for various bits and pieces. There is a picture of Kevin Spacey with like our organization's logo all over the backdrop, obviously giving like a speech. Oh, God. Oh, God. I shredded it. I was like, <laughs> just, I was like, no, we're not throwing that out. We are shredding. Uh, we are shredding. Uh, uh, I mean, it was from, it was from at least 10 years ago, if not more. Um, so well before obviously anything was known, but like, wow, we had Kevin Spacey come and do like a, speech at an award ceremony or something that we were doing yuck yeah yeah this is why we can't have nice things that's why we Uh. can't have nice things Uh, yeah (laughs) absolutely absolutely and i i don't even know i i mean it it does actually genuinely make it quite hard when you're running a charity that's supposed to be supporting young people like we have a lot of fundraising to do so it's really helpful if we have like well-known people who are helping us with our fundraising and now every time you're kind of looking at somebody you're like okay i have to do a like proper hardcore google google search and make sure that they've like not got anything known or suspected or kind of you know there's no kind of half known about but not talked about very often skeletons lurking in right, their right. and you're like doing tarot readings trying to see is there yeah. anything we don't know <laughs> is there anything we don't know is this gonna blow up on our faces are we gonna regret this in 10 years time like yeah it's really and, and obviously and obviously we have all of the safeguarding stuff in place so nobody is ever left alone with anybody under any circumstances and like safeguarding is our like is our watchword but um right right it's it's still like you know, are we are we still going to be proud to be associated with this person in like 10, 15 years time? It's a difficult question. Yeah, I can't even I can't even imagine. So yeah, I I yeah, I hear what you're saying about Joss Whedon. Um I do I do feel like it'll be a long time before I can sit down and watch Buffy or Angel without feeling a bit icky about it. Just right from having read those firsthand accounts, I don't, I don't feel it quite like I feel it's weird. Cause I know obviously he was heavily associated with all of the Marvel stuff. Um, but I don't like, I feel like that wasn't necessarily his, I don't know that it feels, that feels less his somehow. Yeah, well, cause I think it's all Kevin Feige's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. Let's, let's, let's be honest. Everything Marvel is Kevin Feige's at this point. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, so I'm not so bothered about that, but obviously, uh, obviously, um, I mean, I love dollhouse. <laughs> like mm. I loved dollhouse. Um, not necessarily feeling like I want to watch that again anytime soon. Um, yeah. yeah, but he didn't double down. So, you know, there is, I think he's got a lot of amends to make before, but I, I also think Hollywood's kind of like, we're not going to touch you for a while. So, yeah, and you I, know, guess I think he's paying for what he needs to pay for and then how he, how he handles it moves forward. will will say a lot. I guess one of the things that I am more optimistic about these days than I was maybe like 
I don't know, 10 years ago, five years ago, is that um, Hollywood in general, and not just actually just Hollywood, but the, but sort of the creative industries as a whole, are getting much better at being like, yeah, we're not going to touch you. This person like who's done some awful thing, yeah, we're just not going to give you any work. We're not going to let you do anything now. And I, um, I admired the speed at which they rewrote the final season of House of Cards when the Kevin Spacey stuff came out. Uh-huh. Um, and kind of changed that around. Like, uh, I, I didn't think it was very good, but I, I kind of, you know, um, like that Give was a pass at that point. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. They made the difficult decision and immediately kind of divorced themselves from it. And I think that's becoming, I mean, obviously after the awful kind of Harvey Weinstein stuff and I mean, the, the, you know, I think people are beginning to realize that there's a lot of shit and that the public don't want it. Um, right. And even if it's like, I don't mind if, do I mind? I don't really mind if they're only making these decisions for commercial reasons. Like that's the, like if you think nobody's going to literally buy it, literally spend any money on it because it's associated with somebody. I mean, that's the quickest way to get a company to do something. Right. Um, so I don't mind if that's the kind of reason, but I do think it's good that it's, it's becoming more acceptable um, now to be like, no, don't really care who you are. You've had something awful said about you. So the doors that way. Um, I think that's quite good. We're getting better as a society, maybe of shutting that stuff down. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. And, and hopefully it continues in that direction. Um, Let's move to Wizards of the Coast and uh, the Gygax family. Um, (laughs) Because I think we, we, I think for obvious reasons, we'll save Blizzard for last. It's the most recent and the one that, yeah. Especially you are most uh, associated. Yeah, with. yeah. Um, so, where do we start with this? Because there's two sides. So you talked a little bit about the racism and that kind of stuff. In at the very least, the non-inclusivity, but at the very most, the blatant like yeah, poor representation. Some, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of racist stuff and cultural appropriation and like unpleasantness um and some of it like obviously uh this was all sort of i mean the the foundations of D are now quite a long time ago in terms of uh the way the world works there's sort of the what 70s um and so there's a lot of things that maybe were acceptable a long time ago that are not acceptable now and i think there's an extent to which wizards just as a company have never kept up with those changing like feelings about things um well and it also doesn't help that high fantasy has notoriously been very uninclusive yeah partially because it is thought very much of as a eurocentric kind of location you know a lot of the locations are very eurocentric and so a lot of diversity has not been injected into the genre i think people are trying very hard to make that the case but you're also dealing with a time that back then existed with racism and violence and you know it's not that they're not being true it's just they're not representing the people that now partake in the the genre yeah yeah for sure um i mean yeah high fantasy has always been yeah, kind of problematic. Yes. Like all of the 
all of the horrible people, uh, all of the horrible races, all of your orcs, all of your goblins, they're all dark skinned. Like, yeah. okay. Uh, all of your elves, very, oh, very pale, very pale. Yes, right. almost translucent. Like, okay. That's okay. <laughs> all right. Um, and I, you know, obviously there's modern fantasy authors who are trying to change a lot of that and write a lot of new stuff and that's brilliant. And, um, you should definitely read fantasy written by, uh, people of color. Um, I mean, any excuse to read NK Jemsen, obviously, or indeed Octavia Butler. Um, but, uh, yeah, that whole, <laughs> that whole sort of Tolkien, uh, era, Mm-hmm. Yeah, questionable. Yeah. Not so great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've 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 moved past that as a society. So let's let's let our our fantasy reflect it. Um, but Gary Gygax is well. I guess it's is. I mean, Gary Gary Gygax wasn't amazing, but his son Ernie is a gem. Yes. Yeah. So they have this whole like, what's it called? Biological determinism bullshit. Is that theirs? It's like they have a whole load of transphobic like. I mean, they just have... They have problems. They have fucking everything <laughs> going on. They're, they're, full, they're full on... Him and his uh, business partner, Justin Lanasa, are are full on Trumpers. They're, yeah. they're just not good people. Um, I mean, and, and it's not just like, oh, their ide- ideology is wrong. No, they, they say and spew horrible, horrible things. Um, I'm trying to find the the quote that I saw where I was like, Ooh, that's just bad. I mean, there's an extent to which we could just stop at Trumper. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't want anybody to come back and go, well, that, you know, that's just, an, you know, that, you know, that's categorizing people. So, yeah. It's categorizing people for being awful, but I want to give you actual, like, um, one of the things he says is, he's, um, uh, he, he deleted a thread on Twitter that had said, uh, never meant to hurt anyone of any race, creed, or color. Didn't mention gender identity. Um, everybody has been welcomed at my gaming table. However, his apology mostly focused on his personal history of being bullied, framed as how attractive ladies would just lower the eyes while the jocks or other socially vibrant fellows had some fun at another geeky nerd's expense. And so it's like it's like giving reasons why his yeah. awfulness is okay, which in my mind is doubling down. Yeah, yeah, and that whole sort of has overtones of that kind of men's rights kind of stuff. Incel, incel, heading towards that incel end of the thing, um, which is not good. I mean, no. So, I, I guess my issue—well, not my issue. My um, the thing about D and D, right, is that literally. It is what you make it. <laughs> exactly. That's that's where I was going to go with this. So it kind of doesn't matter what the source book says. Uh, I mean, the first rule of D&D, in fact, the only rule of D&D, as far as I'm concerned, is don't be ruled by the rule book. Like, the rule book will give you some ideas. It'll tell you how spells are supposed to work. I think some of the things that the rule book is most useful for is kind of if your character is level five, it will have approximately these stats. If the monster, it can fight monsters that are level, you know, 
at these levels that have approximately these stats, that kind of scaling stuff right. and working out how hard spells hit and working out how hard clubs hit and working out um, those kind of number crunchy type things. That's kind of, that's, that's what you use the D and D rule book for. Um, but you don't use the D and D rule book in my opinion to, um, you know, to work out what your character looks like or what your character's backstory is, or and you don't get too bound up in what any of those spell things are. I mean, m- my favorite D and D campaign of all time is the Adventure Zone Balance. Um, mm-hmm. Balance is incredible. It is yes. the most amazing piece of storytelling, and almost none of their sort of signature spells that they use to amazing comic effect actually work like that if you read the spell book uh phantom steed does not summon a particular steed that you can give a particular (laughs) name and has its own personality um that just you know uh that's not how that spell was written or ever intended to be used does anybody give a shit uh no no (laughs) no nobody gives a shit because it's just about having fun and like the the source books really just give you a framework onto which you can put whatever it is you want to bring. Um, Now, I do think it's a problem that wizards continue to put stuff out that's problematic. Like, just, guys, read the room, right? Yeah, (laughs) right, right, right. Like, you know... um, so if you're not, you know, if you're, if you, I mean, they have made some updates. I think I was reading some stuff the other day. They, they are beginning to kind of get with the program in terms of, um, but I mean, even video games, if you think about how long it's taken um, World of Warcraft to introduce like black skin for humans. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. The last two years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that took way too long, people. That should not have taken that long. Um, so it's good that, that, you know, maybe baby steps are being made in that direction and hopefully we can, uh, you know, they can eventually come around to source books that are genuinely inclusive. Um, but you can do whatever you like with it. So I don't feel like, I don't feel like they own it. Um, and actually these days, most people don't play from source books anyway like ultimately are wizards of the coast ultimately going to get some money if you're by if you're using roll 20 or uh, D beyond or something uh yes i assume they're licensing all of that stuff i assume there's some kind of licensing agreement you are probably putting some money in these people's pockets but at least wizard of the coast is has come out and said yes we're behind the times yes we're trying to make changes we do hear you so yeah. they're not doubling down. They're they're at no. least saying they're going to try and work. You know, I think we we should you know be ever vigilant and be like, all right, guys, you said where is it? I'm looking at my watch. I don't yeah. see it yet. Yeah, yeah. But um, we've been waiting for a long time. Come on. They have even um, divorced themselves from the Gygax family, and they're like, I mean, yeah, we don't want any. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, minimum fucking standards, guys. I mean, all of that, like, that Gygax stuff and the TSR stuff, I mean, that's just all like, whoa, okay. Um, that's, I mean, that's seriously messed up, all of yeah. it. Um, so, yes, at least they've done that. Um, and, yeah, I guess if you're, if they're mostly licensing these days to third parties, you know, like Roll20, which is what most people seem to use. Uh, if you're not in the D&D sphere, it's an app or a 
yeah, it's an app that does everything for you. Yeah. Uh, see also D and D Beyond. If uh, if those are the kinds of things, then that seems like a reasonable state of affairs. And it's literally, I mean, it is what you make of it. You can, you don't have to, you don't have to agree that the elves can't be dark skinned or whatever. If that, right, you know, exactly. <laughs> if you want to have, if you want to have a dark skinned trans elf, cool. Um, if your GM tells you no, go find a better GM. Yeah, seriously. Um, I, it really is whatever you make of it. And so if you want to kind of help move, <laughs> move Wizard of the Coast where they need to be, you know, stream your, stream your more diverse uh, storylines so that people can see that it doesn't have to be as Eurocentric or as, um, you know, gender intolerant like however you want to put it it's it's there are a lot of options that you can make your like the character i played we didn't have a lot of backstory time because it was a one shot but i played a gay character i was very excited about being able to play a gay character yesterday well obviously one of the balance characters is canonically queer so um yeah yeah. canonically trans isn't it yeah actually you're right canonically trans um so yeah you can do whatever (laughs) you can do whatever you want yeah. Uh, just find yourself a good DM, uh, and but keep you know. I think as a community, we should definitely keep the pressure on wizards, as you say. We should just we should let them know that we're watching, um, and we should uh, try to avoid all contact with the Gygax family um, in all forms uh, because they are definitely beyond help. That's yeah, definitely no, it's a mess, not salvageable, and it's just it's it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate when somebody who is like, you know, obviously he did a good thing, Gary Gygax, by formulating it all and putting it all down. And I know he didn't make it up. It was all based on previous systems. And like, you know, he just, he wrote it all down basically and tightened things up and put some structure into it or whatever. And it was great that he did that because it's given, you know, many, many hours of pleasure to many hundreds of thousands, probably millions of people. Um, That's cool. That was a good thing. Just, yeah, yeah. That's now, that's all. Now I should say there. that that um, Gygax Junior's brother uh, Luke apparently says <laughs> his family and Gary Con, the convention that's dedicated to Gary Gygax, are not involved with his brother. <laughs> they say that the whole thing is like he's he's kind of tarnishing the family name, and so it's not like I mean. I mean, I mean, I mean, the the family name was a little bit tarnished to start with. Yeah, it wasn't great, and you are you are holding a Gary Con, which yeah, just yeah. the name of the convention itself should say <laughs> should say. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not that's not great. Um, but yeah, I mean, the amazing thing about D anD D is you can do what you like with it, and I I love that there are loads of um, uh, like diverse groups doing amazing D&D stuff these days um that's yeah it makes makes me very happy that that's a thing that's happening and I think it should continue to happen yes but yeah we need to keep the pressure on for sure all right so then the the big one because <laughs> this has been a fandom of mine for de- over a decade and you have a full podcast dedicated to it so yeah. what are we doing about blizzard what are we doing about blizzard yeah well I mean I have a podcast that's recording episode 484 tonight, I think. Um, it's 
yeah, six, 16 years World of Warcraft has existed, obviously 26 years for Warcraft as a whole. Yeah, um, it's a thing. Um, so this is really difficult. And I know a lot of people have been putting a lot of um, like hard thinking into where they feel about how they feel about the game and whether they can continue playing it. And so we've lost a whole bunch of podcasts. So um, you will have seen that Roe is no longer podcasting. Oh, wow. Not just because this was the straw that broke the camel's back, I think, uh-huh. for him. Um, so he'd not been enjoying Shadowlands as much as he'd hoped. Wasn't playing... Um, playing as much as he had been but i think this was very much the kind of you know what blizzard i'm out um which is a real shame because rose obviously been a stalwart of the scene for for many many years and he supported so many other podcasts and done so much good work he's been on he's been on this one yeah 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 we've had him on our show a few times we've been on his show um three or four times i think um he's not the only one uh there's about probably about half a dozen shows have stopped recording as a direct result of this um, or have gone on an indefinite hiatus as they wait to see what Blizzard does. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, I know a whole bunch of people have said, you know what, I just can't, like every time I hit that button on the launcher, I think about those women and I turn it back off again. Uh-huh. And it's like, okay, that's fair. Um, and obviously, there are still a lot of people who are playing. Um, a lot of the devs... So it's so a, a, a sizable proportion of kind of um, women who work at Blizzard have sort of come out and said, look, we don't want you to stop playing because we still work at Blizzard and we're proud of what we've done. You know, we've uh-huh. endured all of this harassment to bring you this game. And so we don't want you to stop playing, but we do want you to help us make Blizzard a better place to be. And there is quite a kind of activist movement. So Blizzard um, staff, about two weeks after this originally broke, I want to say, my time, time is a very difficult concept at the moment. Right. Um, And also my cat died in the middle of July. So I just kind of, everything is... I just can't quite, there's a few, there's a timeline here that I can't quite keep straight in my head because it's wound up in some other very strong emotions. Um, But um, I think it was about a week, I think it was about a week after the story broke. It might've been two weeks after the story broke. Um, Somewhere in the region of a thousand Blizzard staff walked out. They went on strike, which in the state of California, in fact, anywhere in the US, to be honest, is a really brave thing to do, I think. Um, because, I mean, California's an at-will state, right? They could have just been fired. Uh, yeah. Um, in the UK, that would have been more complicated. Uh, but it seemed like a very brave thing for them to do, and the community supported them all in that. We had a um, we had a mass log-off event, so everybody logged into servers um, at 9 a.m. Pacific, and then... Um, logged off on the dot of 10 a.m pacific which is when the walkout started and that was 
that was quite a moving thing to be part of. So there's right. loads of screenshots everywhere of um, everybody gathered in the same place in Oribos all on their own servers. Um, we had probably a couple of hundred people on my server, on my server cluster. Um, everybody got on their tree mounts, which is a community mount that happened um, about six or nine months ago. So everybody got on the same mounts um, and... Uh, then there was just a mass log off. So that was uh, really good. And off the back of that event, the staff have come up with a bunch of demands, um, which are all perfectly reasonable about um, ending uh, forced arbitration and uh, getting somebody to do an independent kind of uh, investigation into what's going on and looking at recruitment practices and stuff like that. So they've got some very clear demands um, and they've set themselves up a Twitter feed. Uh, so it's at a better ABK because obviously Blizzard, and this is one of the slightly contentious points, Blizzard is owned by Activision, mm-hmm. who also own King. So ABK is Activision Blizzard King, which is the actual name of the company. Um, and it, <laughs> so there was some initial, like the first comments that came out on this from the company came from the Activision side and they were appalling. They were just appalling. So right. uh, there was a notorious, the most senior female VP at Activision came out and said a whole load of bullshit about how in all of the time that she'd worked at Activision, which turned out to be about four months, um, <laughs> she'd never seen any harassment happen. And she was the... Um, she was the head of the Blizzard, Activision Blizzard Women's Network or whatever. I mean, it was just like the biggest load of bullshit. She um, she has been removed as the head of that network um, and has also, we've chased her off Twitter, which is kind of hilarious. She's actually closed down her Twitter feed uh, because she was getting so much. She spent like two days blocking all the women who'd worked at Blizzard and then she disappeared off tw- Twitter entirely. So that's, you know, a small step in the right direction. And there has actually been... Um, so interestingly, in terms of kind of mechanisms through which change might actually occur, a couple of shareholder groups have launched shareholder investigations um, and possibly shareholder lawsuits. I'm not actually terribly certain. American legal systems are not my strong point. Um, but uh, telling Activision that they don't think that they've handled this very well and that because they've said that they're going to get a law, law firm to investigate, but mm-hmm. they're a notorious union-busting law firm. Ooh. Uh, they're a firm called Wilma Hale, who were uh, one of the firms who helped Amazon when Amazon staff all tried to form a union. So that doesn't seem like reading the room. <laughs> no, no. Um... So there has been some change. The um, president of Blizzard has stepped back, Reed, been fired. Mm-hmm. And they have appointed two co-leaders, um, one of whom is a woman. Uh, so Jen O'Neill and Mike Ybarra um, are now co-leaders of Blizzard Entertainment we don't really know what co-leader means with respect to how senior, how much authority they have compared to either J. Allen Brack, who was the president, um, or um, Mike Warheim, who was the previous CEO. So Blizzard had a CEO, and then when Mike left, it got J. Allen Brack as a president, and now it's got uh, Jen and Mike as co-leaders. We don't 
we don't really know what that means. Yeah, um, it's a very, very anomalous title. And it implies that Activision are taking more control of the company, right? Yeah, I mean, that yeah. you know, um, it implies that there's there's going to be more direct uh, top-down control from that point of view. Um, Activision's also not a great place to work, um, although most of the really, really awful things uh, have happened at, at specifically at Blizzard and at BlizzCon-type events. Um, interestingly, Ubisoft have also launched a... Um, a better Ubisoft Twitter in solidarity with Blizzard employees, but also to try and clean up their own act. So it's kind of interesting uh, moves across the whole sector at the moment. Like my Twitter feed is quite full of, of lots of kind of gamers and game companies seeming like this is an important issue that they should be dealing with. It's also simultaneously um, full of lots of um, Twitch streamers from various minorities reporting an uptick, uptick in hate raids. Um, I don't know if these two facts are related, but it feels like t Twitch is quite an unsafe, and actually Twitter is also quite an unsafe place to be um, if you're um, a minority of any description, particularly, uh, particularly, well, I feel like it's particularly trans streamers, but that might just be that I've got lots of trans streamers and i don't have lots of other sorts of minorities on my twitter feed that might be my own bias um but it certainly seems like there's a lot of um conversation going on in the sector at the moment because i guess the other side of the blizzard thing um and something i'm slightly struggling with is that this sort of attitude felt okay at blizzard because Blizzard's fan base is so toxic. Yeah. Like the two reflect each other. Yeah. Um, and then when you sort of start walking down this road, you get into the like, okay, so what's my responsibility as a content creator for being part of a fan base that is so toxic? Like we have streamers in the World of Warcraft community um, who are absolutely notorious for um, encouraging really poor behaviour, encouraging um, people to slash spit on anybody who's got a storm out, for example. Um, there's and and you know, in general, World of Warcraft has never been perceived as having a great community. Like you know, it's it's notorious if you go into a um, a pickup group. Um, or a looking for raid group where you get lumped in with lots of um, random strangers uh, that you'll get harassed if you're a woman or um, or if you um, express anything to do with your sexual orientation or anything like like if you if you if for some reason it came up in conversation um, you know there's a lot of use of homophobic slurs and the you know. Well, that's, I stopped doing. I stopped doing PvP because I just couldn't. Like, I, I, I was the only one in those raids uh, or in those battlegrounds um, saying anything. Like, I'd message the person and be like, "Hey, dude, you know what? Like, not cool." And I would say I'd get one out of ten people would say, "Oh, sorry, man, didn't mean anything by it," and the rest were like, you know, just double, triple, quadruple down. Yeah. It's like. And I didn't feel I didn't feel right not saying something, but it also it's at that point it's like I can't I for my own mental 
security. I need to not yeah. be doing this. Yeah. And if if that's rife within the fan base, then yeah. is it any surprise that minorities get treated really poorly in the offices? Like, probably not. Right. Well, this is kind of taking the conversation into an interesting place because it is talking about how the fan bases are a reflection of this because I've always said that the geek culture is kind of one of the last bastions of homophobia and sexism and racism. And we've just got these people that are just not okay with being inclusive and they like not even just not being inclusive, but they go out of their way to be horrible, horrible people. And it it gets exhausting. Yeah. And they don't always get called on it. No. And I think that's part of it is that it's like, you know, you say something and then you say something else and then you say something else and then you say something else. And like, it's finally like, can I, I can either continue to go into these battlegrounds and be frustrated or I can just stop. And, and that ends up having the result of now the there's one less voice for the other side. Yeah. In that arena. And it's in, I mean, like we've talked about this on a lot of our, our different podcasts. We've talked about it, about the, the star Wars fandom. We've talked about the, the gamer, you know, Gamergate and all these, all the different Snyder fans mm. that just can't be good people. Yeah. And it's exhausting. And, and then, you know, we feel like we have to be responsible or leave the room. And I think a lot of us have been leaving the room. Yeah. Which is understandable because it's a, because it's a burden. <laughs> And you just came here to chill out the same as everybody else just came here to chill out. And you can't chill out if you're constantly asking people to behave like reasonable human beings. Right. So, yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, and I don't know which way, like, I guess it has to, it has to get better on both sides. Like, so Blizzard, Blizzard are sort of taking some baby steps in the right direction. So they've made some changes. They've got rid of a few people. Um, I mean, I suspect mostly their reactions are in, um, are because the shareholders have expressed upset, not because the staff are upset or the customers are upset. Like that's not, you know, they don't give a shit about that. But shareholders taking action, that's a little bit, different yes um they've already had some run-ins like bobby kotek who's the um ceo of activision has already had some running run-ins with um activision blizzard shareholders so you know probably they want to shore that up and if they feel like shoring that up means doing something that's accidentally the right thing then cool i'm all for it that's fine right um but i don't know but i don't know that i mean does them being better mean that the fan base will get better or does the fan base have to get better first before like, or do both sides have to move together? I think both sides have to move together. And I think that's part of the problem. I mean, we, I think you definitely on your podcast and we try on our podcast to really promote 
using your voice in your fandoms to enact change. Like when you see things that are not okay, saying something is important. And all I can say is that the more we can encourage people to do that, the more people we have, you know, if, if I'm in that battleground and I, I say, Hey, stop using that slur. And they go, fuck you. And somebody else goes, no, dude, stop using that slur. Yeah. All of a sudden you don't feel like you're the only voice in the void. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's, and I think that that is, that is the best way that people who are listening to this podcast can start making change. Um, yeah. Do you know, when you're in situations, don't don't let those situations pass. It's hard. It's really hard to put yourself out there, especially since a lot of us have have social anxiety. So that doesn't yeah. help. But if you can say something, you know, support people who are saying something. Uh, support yeah. people who are minorities on Twitter, so that way when you see them getting jumped on, you can be like, "Hey, hey, hey, not cool." Because the more voices we have on our side, the fewer voices. Well, it, the more voices we have on our side, the less likely our voices are feeling drowned out and alone. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess the other thing that we all need to do within our own communities is is keep an eye out for those missing stairs, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so the missing stare metaphor for anybody who doesn't know is like it's a metaphor for people within a social group who everyone knows is untrustworthy or needs to be managed or is problematic in some way but everybody just quietly works around that person and nobody ever confronts them on their behavior um and it's a missing stare because like if you know the stare is missing, you can just you can just step over it every time. Like it doesn't catch you out. You just accept it and you don't fix it. Um and I think we all as content creators um need to exact oh not community managers need to kind of examine our communities for for those people mm-hmm. and call them out. <laughs> And not just say, oh, but that's just, oh, well, that's just so-and-so. He doesn't mean anything by that. Oh, that's, you know, that, oh, he didn't, you know, that's harmless. Because actually, that's just them. a lot of what happened at Blizzard, a lot of what went on in um, at BlizzCon, um, a lot of it was written off, but, oh, that's just, that's just so-and-so. He just does that. Well, maybe he shouldn't just do that. And I'm using he, um, and actually it's not exclusively, like it is mostly men who were the problem, but actually there are um, some stories of uh, women at Blizzard who have been harassing uh, other women or other minorities, occasionally men. Um, it's just less common the other way around, but it does, but it does happen. And I don't want to um, pretend like it doesn't. Right. Uh, so yeah, like have a think about who those people are that you just kind of think, Oh yeah, no, I'm not going to challenge that. Yep. And so not to, not to end on a dour well, note. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious for I'm curious for you. You said earlier on, you've not been playing blizzard uh, games have. have much, but uh, obviously you've been super busy. I mean, has this changed how you feel about blizzard games? Um, it has not made me want to log on. That's for sure. Like it's not made me, I haven't unsubscribed, which I probably should, if I'm not going to play, but, um, but I'm pretty sure my my 
subscription renews in May. So it, it doesn't matter if I unsubscribe now or not. Um, but for me, it's more of a, I, I'm just not in a place where I was in, I'm, I was a little bit with Roe. I was not enjoying Shadowlands as much as I wanted. Uh, I loved my guild and I loved them quite a bit, but they were getting into like the hardcore rating, even though they, even though they said, we're just going to be casual rating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, when they, when they got a taste of heroic, they were like, okay, we can push this. We can push this. And it's like, yeah, I don't yeah. have the time to contribute to this. So it just, it made it less of an uh, enjoyable uh, thing to be online. And I just haven't had the time. But I, I'm waiting to see what they do because I have played I have played Warcraft as a solo game for a very long time, mm-hmm. mostly because I don't want to go into those situations where I have to confront idiots that can't be good people. And yeah. I mean, so, I literally started a whole community so that I never have to do that. Like that's right, the exactly, reason that exactly. the girls go about discord exists. And we, we spend all of our time organizing and running group content is because none of us want to deal with that shit. So right. <laughs> created somewhere where it doesn't happen. Yeah. And so I think, I think that's where I kind of want to push people to go. If you are in a fandom that you know is toxic, create those safe spaces for the people who don't have them. Mm. Um, create, you know, create content like, you know, stream, stream the audio or the visual of your, of your diverse Dungeons and Dragons game yeah. so that other people can see how it can be done. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I guess, like, I mean, for me, there's no bad decision as far as Blizzard is concerned. If people feel like they can't do Blizzard anymore, then that's totally understandable and it's totally fine. Um, and if people feel like, no, this is their one solace in life and this is, you know, this is just the one thing that's keeping them going, then that's totally cool too. I guess, you know, for EJ and I, we're very much trying to um, keep, talking about this so we've now put in like a semi-permanent section of the show where we're like has anything changed in blizzard this week has anything happened this week mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i every friday i remind people to go follow the a better abk and um twitter account and sort of see what's been going on over there so we're trying to kind of keep it um keep it live because there's a real danger and this happened after Gamergate. There's a big fuss about everything and everybody's like, Oh my God, this is terrible. We shouldn't, you know, we should be doing something about this. And then like eight weeks later, everyone's like, no, forgotten about it now. Well, and not only that, but I mean the, the people who drop out and are like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm out. Well, that just leaves the problematic ones behind to kind of take over the space. And I think that's, what's been happening with a lot of our fandoms is, I mean, I have no interest in doing anything star Wars at all. Like I just, I just like for me, the, for me, the franchise has become very hard to be around because I I can't even enjoy it anymore. It just does not feel um, it is not a safe place for me as far as I'm concerned. And And so sad. Right. You know, and I mean, it's easier for me to do that because I wasn't as hardcore Star Wars as some people out there. But I'm, I'm also that also means that I am not contributing positively to the community, and and so you got to kind of have to weigh where you're gonna pick your fights and where you're gonna, you know, yeah. stay strong so that the the negative doesn't get the stronghold. Yeah, yeah, I think. 
I mean, I definitely think if you've got any kind of influence in a in a sphere, in a community, then you should be using that for good. And when it's something as huge as Star Wars fandom, then that's really difficult to kind of... I mean, there's just so much of it. <laughs> there's yeah. no, you know... It's much bigger than Blizzard. <laughs> my my friend uh, Rob, not, not Rob sometimes, but Pasadena Rob, um, posted something about Star Wars the other day that I thought was perfect. Um, it's a... Uh, a tweet by Rahul Kohli, and I don't know who he is, but he's got a little check mark, so he's somebody. Um, oh, Star- he's verified, whoever he is. <laughs> yeah, he's verified. Uh, he is a person. Star Wars has and always will be a restaurant. We all love eating there. We don't like every dish on the menu, and that's okay. You're not supposed to. Order what you like, avoid what you don't, and don't worry about what others are having. And don't be a, and don't be a dick to the staff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, legit. Yeah. All right. Um, on that note, like again, <laughs> go out, be be positive. Try and and be the positive voice out there. But we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping things up. Uh, any any shout outs this week? I am just gonna shout out to the whole of the GGW community. Um, uh, that we have a great crew over on Discord who are doing a really good job at. Um, educating each other about stuff so we you know we have a whole bunch of uh, trans people who are really happy to to talk to people if they um if they're confused about pronouns or any of those kinds of things um and we just it's quite a supportive friendly community where everybody's kind of learning together um so yeah just shout out to everyone on the ggw discord Awesome, awesome, awesome. I want to shout out to Bama Shocks for running a yeah. very wonderful campaign yesterday and for um, giving us, A, all a chance to um, to play some fun D&D, but also to do it for a good cause. So <laughs> if I'm sure you can still go over to his site. It's twitch.tv forward slash Bama Shocks. And I'm sure there's still a link somewhere to donate. And I know he's doing a another... Uh, he's hosting another one shot. He's not playing or DMing in it, but he's hosting it on his site next weekend. Sounds so, like you. Um, sounds like you gave him a bit of a like a, a good DM workout. Oh <laughs> yeah. Kind of oh fight. yeah. He 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 had to adjust very quickly. For us. <laughs> uh, but go ahead, go check his stuff out and uh, and give him some support. That some support that would be wonderful. Uh, next week we're going to talk about what if part two. Do we know what the episode three is? Because episode two was uh, T'Challa as Star Lord. Uh, that is a good question. Uh, what if? Oh no, that's the comicy one. Uh, what was it? Um, oh, what I if? feel like I feel like I remember, except I don't. Yeah, sure. I'll agree to your things. Uh, oh, no, this just tells me what time it is. I, I think it's an Asgard one because I see Loki. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a Loki thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is. Um, uh, but we do know that the third episode will focus on Loki as he rules on Earth. Ooh, mm, interesting. Hey, okay. interesting. 
Well, there you go. So our next episode will be What If uh, Episodes 2 and 3. So we'll have T'Challa as Star-Lord and Loki ruling Earth. And so that will be fun. Yeah. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound. is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. geek to 2 is a proud member of the geek to geek Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, the geek to geek Podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, The Nerdberg Review, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, As the Dice Roll, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek, and Sometimes Rob. And our newest podcast, Farming Simulated, with Bama Shocks and Todd. Oh. Also check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J, Bama Shocks, Troidal Power, and Geen. And make sure to join us on Slack and Discord, where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geektitude.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other podcasters out there, please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Raven, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Silky Raven. Uh, and if you want to come and hang out, uh, if you like World of Warcraft, or you want to come and hang out in the Girls Gone Wild Discord, um, you can find us at girlsgonewild.net slash Discord. Or you can find uh, the show at GGW Show on Twitter. So you go. Well, thank you very much for coming and talking about this. We finally got it out there. Yay! I'm glad we finally did it. I'm glad we finally did it. Achievement. <laughs> That's the charm. <laughs> Achievement acquired. And uh, and for the rest of you out there listening, remember this week, keep it geek. <laughs>